your host of a Pen and Napkin podcast, the weekly coaching clinic that you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome to headlines number four with my good friend and new father, Casey Hall. Casey, sleep deprived, barely awake here, but you know what? He says, I'm going to grind it out for a pen and a napkin, and it is greatly, greatly appreciated. How are you doing tonight, Coacher? I'm doing good. Good. Trying try to stay awake. Trying to get through the week. For a week, trying to get through the weekend here. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, new dad, uh, you know, uh, all healthy. Briggs has got a little brother now, and, uh, you know, all, all is well at the Hall House. Yes, it's going well so far. Awesome, awesome. Well, for me and from all, you know, all the listeners, congratulations, and, you know, uh, Enjoy the the sleepless nights. My my sleepless nights are different than yours. You have sleepless nights because they're they're crying. I have sleepless nights because I'm wondering when they're going to get home. So, uh, so it it, it just uh, you know it's it's different types of sleepless nights. So exactly, yeah. So, well, let's get going here with part one of two this week of our conference final preview. Uh, we were going to do both conference finals here and headlines. Um, but then the Denver Nuggets screwed up our schedule, and they forced the LA Clippers to a Game 7. So we're going to take, I don't know, probably about a half hour or so to go through uh, the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, I don't know if either one of us would have picked this matchup, although my dark horse did knock off. You know, I look good picking the Heat as a dark horse in our first round preview, but then they knocked off the team that I thought was going to win it. But... Yeah, I don't know. I got to take my victories when I can. Right. I mean, that's a you picked a good dark horse, and they're playing really good basketball right now. Yes, they are. They are playing outstanding basketball. So we're going to talk a little Miami Heat, Boston Celtics, uh, Eastern Conference Finals here. Uh, the format we're going by here, we're going to go. We're going to go starter. We're going to go starter against starter. Then we're going to talk about the benches a little bit. Then we're going to get into the coaches, and then we're going to give our our X factor in the series. And then we're gonna we're gonna make our picks here. So, um, and again, uh, to to reemphasize, we never talk about this before we jump on here. We know we we kind of just you know here's a basic format, and then that that was the format we discussed. And uh, so this is what we're gonna go with. So, um, so let's go point guards here, Coacher. Uh, Dragic versus Kemba. Um, I'll let you go first on this one. Who you got? I think this could be a really good matchup. Uh, the way Dragic has played here in the playoffs, he's kind of led that team from the get-go. I mean, he may not, one game he may not score much, but then the next game he may score a handful and walk away with almost a double-double and assists. Um, he's a very good floor general. Mm-hmm. Um that's where I'm kind of leaning, where he's got a little more edge over Kemba right now, because Kemba looks lost out there the last three games for the Celtics. He has not played well. He has not he, played well. And, he's, and, and He's struggled. I don't know if it's he's deferring too much to Tatum and Brown, mm-hmm. but his shot looks, I mean, he can't get a shot to fall. Mm-hmm. Nothing. I mean, Dragic, I mean, Dragic played well, I thought, the whole playoffs. Yeah, and he's not playing. He's not playing the minutes that Walker is, but he's getting a handful, and he's ran that team very well in the playoffs here. 
I, I agree with everything that you have said. I think, in in my opinion, the the law of averages is going to kind of come back to 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 bite bite this here in the sense of Dragic and and Dragic is really good, uh, but I think he's played a little above his head uh, the first two rounds, and I think he's had two pretty good matchups for him. Um, I think it's going to kind of, I think he's going to take a, a step back and I, I, you know, Kemba's too good to continue to shoot and just be, I think the biggest thing that I've seen from Kemba is he's just been really indecisive. Um, and I think some of that had to do with what Toronto threw at him. They were throwing box and one and kind of some junk stuff that those guys don't see a lot at the NBA level. And I, I think he just had trouble kind of figuring out what his reads were and where he wanted to go with it. So I, I think it's going to be a really, really good matchup. I'm going to give a slight edge to Kemba. Uh, and there's going to be a matchup or two that I think I'm probably going to give a slight edge to Miami with as well. But on this one, I'm going to give a slight edge to Kemba over a six or seven game series that I just think he's going to play better than Dragic will throughout. So what right. do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, I, I, I I agree with you. Uh, I mean, you look at their numbers in the. I mean, just in the postseason, they're both averaging right around twenty. They're both shooting 45 percent from the field. Um, the only big difference is that Dragic shoots the three a little better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's not Kim's game either. Kim has never been a three point shooter, even in when he was at UConn. Yeah, he's got that New York City mid range game. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I just, I'm just, I'm just hesitant. I'm just trying to figure out. Like, I don't think Kemba knows what his role is, which is bad, hard for me to say because everyone knows what his role is, and yeah, I think he should too. But I just think he's kind of lost right now in the playoffs. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go just a little bit of an edge towards Dragic. Okay, all right. We and I think we both agree. It's really, really even. I think it's just we're both slightly leaning one way or the other. We we see the strength in the other guy that, that the other guy is picking here. So, yeah. so. Um, all right, let's move on to the next matchup here. Uh, Duncan Robinson and Jalen Brown. I put Jimmy Butler at the small forward. Um, um, I'm going to give a big edge to Jalen Brown here. I think he's just a more complete player. I think Duncan Robinson does fit the 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 scheme that the um that the heat run for him with the dribble handoffs and he's you know i think i saw sometime earlier in the bubble or something like that you know some like 85 percent of his shots are from three-point range i mean he's a dead catch and shoot guy right now uh i I think jalen's longer he's more athletic he's a better defender uh he's a good shooter he can create more um i think this is a a one of the few uh, spots in the starting lineup where one team has a big ex- uh, edge over the other, and I'm going to really go with Jalen here. I think this is a matchup that, and I don't know how much these two are going to guard each other, but I think Jalen um, has a huge. I think this is a, a a matchup that Boston needs to exploit to be successful um, in the series. Yeah, I'm go. I'm go. I agree with you. I'm going hands down. Jalen Brown. He's just. I mean. I mean, I, Duncan Robinson's story is unreal. Yeah. From a D3 player to Michigan to where he's playing at now with the Heat. 
But, I mean, Jalen Brown has all the intangibles. I mean, he can be a point guard. He can be a small forward. He could probably be a power forward if they need him to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, he, he, I mean, he can he get to the rim and he can shoot it. And he surprised me a lot the way he shoot, how, how well he shoots from the outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's not great, but, I mean, it's about 35%, which... That's pretty darn good, I would say, in the it, NBA. It's respectable enough to where you have to you gotta get a handout on him, which means yep. he can he can use his off the bounce game and you just can't you can't hug it one way or another. You can't you can't hug him and move him off the line, uh, but you can't play off of him and give him space to shoot. Um and so he's he's you know, he's developing into a three level score, which is the hardest commodity in basketball to find. Um, I'm, I'm not saying he's LeBron or Kevin Durant or anything like that, but he can go off the bounce, he can catch and shoot, he can finish strong around the rim and go up and explode over people, and he's a great defensive player. So I just think this is just a, a real big matchup that Boston needs to win convincingly to win the series. Yeah, yeah, and, the, and I mean, Duncan Robinson, you just have to line. I think there was a stat I think I saw at one point during the season, I don't know if it was before the bubble or after the bubble, like... He may, he has made the most threes without taking a dribble in the NBA. Wow! And he and just looking at stats, he is he's taken sixty nine shots in the postseason. What's your guess on how many of those have been two point field goals? Six. Eight of them. Wow! He is twenty four sixty one from three. Yeah, and not only is he shooting it, but he's shooting it well. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean I think I think I mean he's just a one he's a one po- one show pony I mean he can shoot it and that's about it but you got to get a hand in the face yep 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 and you know I I think that Boston has the the athletes again I think he had a prime matchup with Milwaukee I mean he was being carded by by Corver and by you know DiVincenzo's a, a very he's got quick hands but he's only about six four. Uh, you know, Robinson's going to come off that stuff. And, and the way Milwaukee played him, uh, he got a lot of really, really good looks that I don't think Boston's going to give him. Right. Yeah. So, all right, we're in agreement there. Um, let's go Jimmy Butler and Marcus Smart. Who you got? I'm going to go Jimmy Butler. Uh, the way he's – with that, the way he's just played – I mean, the whole bubble into the postseason, I mean, he's shown why the Bulls, the 76ers, um, I know it wasn't Timberwolves. somebody else. Timberwolves. Timberwolves. Why are they, why they're all looking in the mirror like, why do we not still have him on our team? Yep. yep. I mean, he's, 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 he's put himself in the spot where he's for sure a top 10 player, if not a top eight player in the NBA. Well, I mean, he's rewriting his legacy as we go along. Right. Mm-hmm. And he, I mean, he's doing it all. He's, he's defending, which has always been some, some people have said in the past that he doesn't play defense, mm-hmm. but he's defending, but then he's also putting it in the hoop. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marcus Smart. Now he's played offensively, some of the best best basketball I've seen him play. Yep. And he is 
one of the best defenders in the NBA, but I just think Jimmy's got, I mean, it's not a huge margin, mm-hmm. but I think Jimmy's just got it all from the offensive, defensive side to then on top of that, his leadership, where, you know, Marcus Smart's always going to run his mouth or start something that Jimmy might be able to be a little cooler head than Marcus Smart. Uh, we'll see. You know, Marcus Smart was going to fight... Uh, Who's the guy from India? T.J. Warren. He was like, yeah, come meet me outside after the game or whatever. Meet me in the hallway after the game. So, you know, over under uh, halftime of game three that these two probably start chirping at each other. Uh, <laughs> so, which is good. I, I you know, yes. I, I I find, you know, that's what it should be. You know, you want to have that rivalry. Um, I agree with you. Um, I, I think Jimmy Butler is, is playing uh, the best basketball of his career. I, I think... Um, I think Jimmy Butler, and obviously I don't know the guy, but I think he's a little crazy, um, which is why the Bulls were kind of like, you're a good player, but we're okay to have you go. Um, same thing in, in Minnesota and, and, and Philadelphia. But the thing about the heat and the, the quote unquote heat culture, um, they're a little crazy. And, and I think it's, it's a match made in heaven where, you know, you, you talked often about, you know, professional athletes. Uh, it, it's a lot of times about their fit and what team they get drafted by and the culture and the people around them. And um, the dude just wants to ball. He just wants to play hard. He just wants to compete. He just wants to get into the fight. And like you said, there's a reason why those other franchises have just absolutely stunk because you need a guy. Uh, I don't want to say you need, but a lot of teams need a guy like a Jimmy Butler who is just going to get in the fight every step of the way, and he's not going to accept anything less than you fighting as hard as he does. And I, I think this was, you know, in hindsight is always twenty twenty. but when he signed as a free agent or a sign-and-trade, whatever they did with them in Philadelphia, um, this was a match made in heaven. And I, and I think this was the perfect guy for this team at this time that they needed to to help himself and to help the team get over the top. So um, I, I think it's, for me, I see it in a lot of the same ways as the Kemba Dragic matchup. Um, I, I think Butler's better, but I think Smart is playing really, really well. Again, I don't know how much they're going to play against each other. Um, I could see Marcus Smart guarding Dragic a lot um, and cut, kind of trying to cut off the head before, you know, to kill the body type of a thing. Yeah. And so maybe Jalen Brown is is on Butler or whatever. But um, I, I give the I give the edge to Butler there so as well. Yep. All right. Let's move on. Jay Crowder and Jason Tatum. Um, I think it's my turn to go first. I'm going to go Tatum. I'm going to go Tatum all day and twice on Sunday. Um, I, I think this guy is another, like you talked about, Jimmy Butler pushed himself into the top 10. Um, I, I think with another big series, I think next year you're talking with this guy. He's um, talking, you know, second team all NBA type of status or, you know, definitely pushing for an all NBA team. Uh, I think him and Luca uh, are going to be the the future at the forward spot in the league. Uh, long, lanky, great shooters can defend. You know, Tatum defends a lot better than Luca does. Um, but 
Uh, I, I think this is another position that the Celtics really need to dominate at. I think Jay Crowder is another tough dude, a heat culture guy, but I also think he's played a little above his head in the first two rounds. He shot it really, really well. And, and I'm I'm just, you know me, Case, I'm a big believer in the law of averages. And I think Jay Crowder is going to come down to earth a little bit. And instead of going six for 12 from the three-point range uh, or, you know, six for 11, uh, you know, how about, four for 12. And that six point swing is, is going to make a pretty big difference. Cause I think this is going to be a highly competitive series. Um, and, and, and I think Tatum's just, like I said, I think he's really, really good. I, I, I think, um, I, I just think he's got a chance to really make that leap here in the next week and a half as this series moves forward. Yeah, yeah no, I, I totally agree on that. I think Tatum is, I mean, for being only a third-year pro. Yep. I mean, he's he's shown that he's got it all. I mean, he he shows a little, and I know it's probably not the right person to put him in with, but he kind of shows a little Kobe in him. Yeah. Um, with he can score from all levels on the court. Uh, he can play defense. He can handle the rock. Uh, it it. It will be depending. Uh, the big thing is, and I think it will be for everything, but kind of where, kind of depends how matchups go. Mm-hmm. But I mean, where we're doing it here, I mean, he's gonna with it with with us doing it against Crowder. I think he's gonna have that matchup easily won. It all comes down to who's gonna defend him in the game. Yeah. Overall, uh, but I think I mean, man, he's a double double dude every day and. Mm-hmm. Almost a 40, 40, 80 guy from the field mm-hmm. when he's shooting. So, yeah, I mean, and Crowder, Crowder shows his moments. And like you said, he's he's another one of the – he's a bully. He's the kind of the – he's the bully for the heat that Smart kind of is for – Exactly. Great point. Great point. Uh, and I just don't know – I mean, if he, if he, if he does end up guarding Tatum, I mean – in my eyes, you pull Tatum out, and you just say, "Hey, we're going to go one on one unless you take him to the hoop." Yeah, and and Crowder's stronger, but Tatum's quicker, and I yes. think you know they're going to you know if they put him on that island there, I think Crowder's going to have uh, uh, a little bit of a difficult time guarding him in that space out there. So, yep. all right, so we both got Tatum there. So let's go to the 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 five spot here: Bam Adebayo and Daniel Tice. I'm gonna go Bam. I'm gonna go Bam here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel Tice has played well. Uh, the nice thing was, God, I'm going blank. Who do they just play? Miami. No, who the Celtics just played? Oh, Toronto. Oh, Toronto. How, how, how sleep deprived are you, man? I know. It's been one of those days. It's been one of those five days. Uh, <laughs> I th- Daniel Tice had a great series against Toronto. Mm-hmm. I think some of that was he had the matchup advantage. Yeah. Uh, there. Here, I mean, he's not going to have an advantage at all. Bam's just way too athletic. Uh, he can he can pull him out and shoot an outside shot, which is not the greatest, but he can, he can hit a 15 to 18 foot jump shot. He's a threat, yeah. But... But I mean, just inside, I think he's. 
just as physical, but he's got that. He's got a quick first step if he catches it on the block. Mm-hmm. And uh, Daniel Tice isn't going to get those easy lobs like he was against Toronto and with penetration because I think the Heat's guard defense is better than what Toronto's was. Yep. And they're. I mean. Celtics were able to just dribble down the little middle of the lane and get lobs left and right to Tice. I don't think that's going to happen with with the way that Miami plays defense. So I got to go with Bam. Just, I mean, just he's got way too much athletic skill, way more than Tice does. Yep, I agree. Um, I, I I think Tice will do some nice things, but I think Adebayo is, you know, he's the modern. NBA five where it's not the the Brooke Lopez or the the guys that we grew up with. I mean, I, I mean, if if Akeem Olajuwon is in the league right now, he it doesn't matter. He's still going to score thirty a night, you know. Uh, but you know, uh, the big lumbering. You no, know, it's it's more about the the six nine, six ten uh, guys that can do a lot of things. You know, uh, Tice plays kind of that point five for him sometimes, and and he'll bring it up and they'll run stuff through him uh, at the elbows and. And, you know, he's so versatile on defense. Um, I'll be the first one to admit that I was uh, really, did, I really didn't see this coming from him. I, I thought he would be a seventh or eighth guy coming off the bench, give you some minutes, run the floor, lob guy. Uh, I never thought he would be this good of a player in the NBA. And, and he has really proven it. I think Tysus had a nice season. I think he fits um, what the Celtics want to do. But this is, uh, and, and I think he'll, I think he'll show a little bit better than what people think he'll show. But you know, I think this is a tough matchup for Tice. I, I think Gasol was a little bit too lumbering to to stay with Tice. I think Abaka uh, was a little, you know, he's just lost that little half step, and and those guys losing a half a step is like you and me losing two or three steps. Not that you and me had any steps to give up in the first place, but but. Uh, yeah, I really think Bam is. You know, I I kind of see this the same way. I saw a couple of matchups for the Celtics. I think it's important for the the Heat to win this matchup pretty convincingly, the same way that I think the Celtics need to win a couple of their matchups pretty convincingly. Yes, no, I agree. Yep. Uh, let's go into the benches here. Um, Miami's bench um, versus Boston's bench. I'm going to give a big edge to the Miami bench here um you know Olenek Tyler Hero uh, not playing like a 20 year old rookie uh Iguodala and Kendrick Nunn uh, I think that's a, a really really big advantage for Miami uh the one thing that that you do worry about with Boston is you know their lack of depth now you know just as well as I do Case we've both coached a long time if you get five to seven guys that are really cooking together, sometimes that's better than having eight or nine different options. And I think that's the way Boston is going to continue to do things. I think they're going to play their starters high minutes and just kind of find niches here and there and, and buy some buy some breaks for uh, you know Tatum and their and Kemba and, and all their starters. But 
you know, a Linux done some nice things. Hero is playing tremendously well. Iguadala, the moment, he's not going to shy away from the moment. I, I think they're really going to use Crowder and Iguadala to tag team on Tatum. And they, I'm guessing probably one of their strategies is over seven games. They're going to try and wear down Tatum with that combination. Uh, Kendrick Nunn finished second in the Rookie of the Year voting, and he's kind of an afterthought now the way Dragic is playing. So I, I, I really think... You know, now the the guys from Boston can do a little bit here and there. I think uh, the Time Lord Robert Williams could give them some good minutes against Bam. I could see him playing and being a factor against Bam and just using his length and rim protection a little bit more than Tice. Um, you know, Ojale can hit a couple jump shots. Wanamaker has hit a couple of shots, but I think Miami's got a huge edge here with their bench depth. Yeah, no, I I agree. Um... I mean, the wild card, the only wild card is for the Celtics is when or if Gordon Hayward comes back. Yep. Yep. Um, that was my X factor. Yeah. I mean, I know I'm throwing that out there early, but I, I just think, but I, I mean, I agree with you. The Heat, I mean, Tyler Hero has been outstanding. I mean, when he came out of the league, when he left Kentucky early, I was kind of in shock. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Uh huh. And now he's out there playing playing with some of the best guards in the NBA and holding his own. He's closing games for yeah. him right now, you know. Um, which like he's taking he's taking minutes away from Duncan because they're almost going with two point guards with Hero and Dragic on the floor at the same time. Yep. Yep. Uh, I mean Iguodala. I mean he's won an NBA MVP, NBA Finals MVP. Mm-hmm. I mean you know what you know he's gonna be out there and he's going to win a game. He's going to make sure he wins a game. Uh-huh. Uh, Olenek, as long as he's... I know he missed that one game. Oh, as long as he stays healthy, that's huge because if they go to Miles Leonard, it's kind of a drop-off just because he can't stretch the floor like Olenek can. Yep. But uh, as long as Olenek... I think, it was, I think it was just an ankle for one game. I don't think it was anything major. Yeah, he's back. I think he's he'll be fine. Yeah. I, I knew he came back the last game. Uh, Celtics-wise, I mean, Robert Williams has kind of showed a little more than I thought he would. I kind of thought he was going to be a washed-up NBA dude after a couple of years. But he's shown some stuff. And I think I agree with you. He's going to be a – I almost see the Celtics playing him a little more than – Tice, especially mm-hmm. when Bam's on the floor. Yeah, yeah, and, but, and 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 he can, you know, he can rotate over, get a couple block shots when when Butler, you know, when they go ISO with with Butler and they play through him. Um, he he's got pretty good footwork for a big guy, and and he can he can help on on Dragic and and maybe help out on those floaters a little bit. Um, so I, I think he might be, you know, the the biggest. Um, and if you're a Celtics fan right now, you're sitting there going, you, "You're saying our bench is dependent on the Time Lord that we're we might be in trouble here." Uh, do yeah. we do we have to sub at all? Uh, is what they might yeah. be what they might be thinking. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, he had a good, he had a really nice series against Toronto. Played really well. Uh, gave him good minutes while he was in there. Uh, you know, did his job. And I and I think. Yes. He, for him, he's in a good spot to, uh, hey, run the floor, rebound, block a shot, and dunk. And yep. that's all we need you to do. And, you know, that's what he did. And and that's why they started playing him more than Cantor. Um, you know, and, and, and I don't think, you know, this does not 
this is an even worse matchup for for Cantor playing against Miami with the way they move the ball and they spread the floor and they've got these stretch fives out there. Uh, you know, Cantor's Cantor's going to have a nice time watching you know four to seven games here over the next couple of weeks because I I don't I don't think that he's going to see the floor much as well. So yeah, yeah. Um, all right, let's move on to the coaching matchup here: Spolstra versus Stevens. I think this is a very intriguing matchup. Oh, this is uh, this is I really really good. Um, I think it's I think it's the two best coaches in the Eastern Conference. I think mm-hmm. uh, it's it's weird to think that Spolster has been there for as long as he has been. Mm-hmm. Uh, but man, he 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 gets everything out of his players he wants. Uh, he he has them on that mentality that defense first, which I mean is weird to hear in the NBA. Yeah, but but then he's also lets them free flow on offense. It's a little five out motion for the most part, with a little post up here and there from Bam, or if there's a mismatch. Uh, and then Brad Stevens. I mean, I can't remember what it was. I was watching TV one day since there's no there wasn't any real sports on. They had. Butler versus Duke in the NCAA championship when he was coaching that, and he was like 28 years old, I feel. Yeah. And Go- now he's in the NBA. And- mm-hmm. Guess how many seasons Eric Spolstra has been the head coach of the Miami Heat? 11. I think I counted 12. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Yeah, this is his 12th season. Okay. Which is crazy. I mean, yeah, that's crazy to think. Yeah. And he grew he grew up I mean he grew up there. I mean he was young when he took the job there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Brad Stevens, I mean, he's come from what was he, thirty two or thirty four when he had that butler job? Yeah, I think he was like thirty three or thirty four when they played in those back to back championship games. Something yeah, along those I mean, lines. He was he was a no name coming out. I mean, even when he got the butler job and then everyone was like, Why are you hiring this dude? I mean, he's shown that he can coach. Uh, the edge I'm going to give to those Spolter just because he's been there mm-hmm. multiple times. Yeah. Um, he's been there. He knows how to get it done. It doesn't matter if it's going to be four games or seven games. He's going to make sure he has his guys set for each situation from game one to game seven. And he's also got a Hall of Fame GM right behind him. Yeah. Yeah, and which which always helps. Or present, I guess, would be in Pat Riley. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be a great matchup. I think it's going to be very fascinating to watch the adjustments from not only game to game, but half to half, quarter to quarter. Um, you know, it's it's a tough it's a tough uh, it's a tough thing to look at. I, I think both of them have done an outstanding job of getting their teams ready to go. Um, Stevens has, you know, been out, you know, he doesn't have a couple of big bullets in his gun. Um, Spolstra, you know, made the switch coming into, uh, the bubble to, to put Bam at a Bayou at the five and they're going to go full time with that. And Myers Leonard was out of the lineup and really hasn't seen the, the court, um, the entire bubble time or not, not significant minutes. Um, I, I think, you know, Miami is probably a little bit more, uh, willing to throw some junk out there 
kind of a Nick Nurse type of a thing with the with the zones. And I think I heard on a podcast that Miami's played more zone than anybody in the NBA this year. So I think they're going to see that. I think Boston's. I think they're going to throw that at Boston. However, you know how this is, Case. Sometimes after you see that a couple of games, like what Boston saw with Toronto, now you're able to get into a little bit of a rhythm with it. So I don't know if it'll be as effective as it would be as if they were coming into it cold turkey, um, where they might be able to sneak a game. I think Boston would probably be a little bit more ready for it and and, and having the game reps in there, especially in high-pressure situations. So I have a hard time picking one of these guys. Um, but I, I do... Um, I don't think there's any major edge. I don't think there. I, I think this might of all the matchups we talked about. I think this is the closest one. Um, oh yeah. You know, between players and benches, uh, this is far and away the closest one in my eyes. Um, I do have to go with your logic of giving if if it's fifty point one to forty nine point nine in Spolstra, uh, just because he's been there. He's he's yeah. he's gotten over that hump. Um, now I think at some point Brad Stevens is going to get over that hump. I, I think he's going to win an NBA championship. It, it's just a matter of time. Um, you know, I, I just, you know, I think Spolster just has that little bit of an edge, but I think it's, uh, for us as coaches, it's going to be a fascinating, fascinating matchup. So, um, X factor, what's your, what's your X factor? And I think we might be both in agreement on this. I mean, for, I'm going to give you one for each team. Okay. Gordon Hayward for the Celtics. Yep. Just because, I mean, he brings something different to the floor and adds more depth to their team. Mm -hmm. And he's probably their, when he's shooting well, he's their best outside shooter. Mm -hmm. Him or Tatum. Um, Him or Tatum. Yeah. Yep. And, I mean, he's in the bubble. They haven't said for sure if he's going to play. I doubt he plays tomorrow, but... I think they're hoping by game three mm-hmm. is what I heard. Yep. So if he can play, at least give him. I mean, if he can, if they can find a way to get him three or four minutes a quarter, that's a plus. Yep. Yeah. If he could give them twenty solid minutes to start out with, um, that's twenty less minutes that Smart, Tatum, Kemba, and Brown have to play, and that's yep. five. That's five minutes less a guy on average. And that could be the difference between them having their legs in the fourth quarter and them not having the legs in the fourth quarter. Exactly. Yeah. What's your X factor for Miami? It is the two young dudes, Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero. I like that. Um, they've got to find a way to put the ball in the bucket. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you know what Jimmy's going to do. You got Bam, you know he's going to get his 15 to 20. Dragic should be right in that area, but they need they need those two to be able to score. But on top of that, they've got to be able to defend either Kimba or Jalen Brown, which I'm, I'm I'm guessing they'll probably guard one of those two. Yeah, maybe Marcus Smart if he's in there, but they've got to be able to defend and control the ball defensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they have to they have to make jump shots. Mm-hmm. Uh, those two have to combine. I think they need to average about twenty five between to give the, the Heat a chance. Between, I, I think but, that's a, I, that's a lot of points. But 
I think I, th- I think that's the key for them is they've got to have those two score twenty five a game, and the, but then they've also got to play good enough defense to be able to shut down, or maybe not shut down, control one of the three big names for the Celtics. Okay. My uh, my X factor is the same for the Celtics. You know, when when is Hayward coming back, and what is he going to be like when he does come back? Um, and you know, if if he continues to to grow and 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 contribute more as it moves forward, uh, that's just going to be gravy for them. Uh, so, you know, I think that's the way every Celtics uh, watcher is is looking at this. My X factor for Miami is kind of similar to yours, but I'm going to expand on it a little bit. Um, one of the reasons why Miami is where they are at is not necessarily because of Butler and Bam, because those guys have been kind of, do, they're doing what they've been doing all year. It's, like you said, Hero and Robinson, but I'm going to throw Dragic and Crowder in there as well. Those Those guys are playing better than what they did all year. Um, to put them in this situation. And that's the way basketball works. Um, guys get going, and, and if they get rolling, they, they feel really good. Um, will those guys continue to play at the same level that they've been playing at the first two rounds of the playoffs? Um, you know, again, I'll go back to this. The, the, the law of averages says they're probably going to take a little bit of a step back. And in a series that is probably going to be this close, that could be the difference between between them winning and losing. Um, but those all four of those guys have played about as well as they can offensively right now. Um, is there going to come a point where two or three of them have a have a three or two or three game streak where they're not hitting the shots they've been hitting um, and that type of stuff? I, I don't I, I don't think I think they're going to be fine defensively. Uh, because let's say if they're not defending, well, then they bring in Iguodala and and they put Crowder and him on the floor at the same time with Jimmy and Dragic, and and they can still match up with the with the Celtics defensively in that regard, um, you know. But will those guys continue to put the ball in the basket the way that they have? And what will the Celtics look at on film? And see what the Bucks did or did not do that gave those guys so many easy looks and so many open looks. And what are they going to do to take that away? I think that's going to be a big subplot of it as well. So, picks time. Picks time. Picks time. Hmm. This is tough. This is <laughs> this is this, really hard. And I, I'm gonna say I think this is gonna be. A better series than the West. It doesn't matter who comes out of the West. I, you know what? The way things are going right now, it's hard not to see it that way. It's um, so I'm gonna go. Hold, hold on. Oh. Can we can we agree that this is gonna go at least six and prob and and there's a good chance it might go seven. Yes. Okay. Yep. We're both in the same boat. Who you got? I've got Celtics and seven. I think I'm going to lean that same way. I, I think I'm going to go Celtics in seven. Um, I think when it comes down to this, the Celtics just have, they don't have as many players as the Heat do, but they're 
their top six or seven guys are better, especially if Hayward comes back, their top six or seven guys are better than Miami's top seven guys, all told, all together. And and they're, they're not very much better, but they're just a little bit better. Um, and I, I think the coaching is essentially a wash. And I, and I just think Boston's going to find a way. I think game one is going to be pretty big because um, sometimes, you know, Miami was really, really rolling. And then they, they closed out Milwaukee in five. And now they've almost had too much time, whereas Boston goes seven. And then they take two or three days off. And now they're going to jump back into it and, and start playing again. I think Boston might have a little bit more of a rhythm of things going into game one here. I think that's going to... You know, that could be, a, you know, one of those little things that might give Boston a little bit of edge that maybe they sneak, maybe they get game one just because it's going to take a half for Miami to uh, work some of the rust out. Right. No, I totally agree. I think, I mean, as we've talked before, just talking about high school teams that we've seen play or coached against or we've coached, it's, the Celtics have three dudes. Mm-hmm. The Heat have one for sure. Yeah. Um, the other ones, I mean, Iguodala might have been a dude five years ago. Yeah. But Bam and uh, Duncan and Hero are all young. They're going to get there. But, I mean, besides Butler, they don't have any other dudes. And Celtics have three dudes that you can say, hey, carry us to, the, carry us to where we need to go. Yep. Yep, and and you've got a you've you've got the best one I think out of everybody. They'll be on the floor and Tatum. Yeah, yeah. If if this is a pickup game and you're and you're picking teams and you've got the first pick between these, if you take all these players and put them into one batch, that's why I'm picking number one in a pickup game. Uh, totally. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we both have Celtics and seven. Yes. All right. That sounds good. That sounds good. Um, well, Case, I'm going to let you get a little sleep. Go and go ahead and 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 take care of your sons here, and we will be back later on in the week once we figure out who's going to win in the Western Conference. We're going to do the same thing. Only we're gonna we're going to do the Western Conference real quick before we even end this here. Uh, last thing for tonight: Who you got? Game seven: Clippers and Nuggets. It's so tough because I'd love to see the Nuggets win and get there, but I just think they're a few years away, so I'm going to have to go Clippers. I'm going to say they, I'm going to guess, I don't know, I'm guessing they're favored probably by six or seven. I think they cover that. Okay. I think it's going to be a nip and tuck game, but I think the Nuggets magic is going to kind of run out, and I think at some point, there's just too much talent on Los Angeles that you're just like, come on guys, let's just put this together here and let's finish this out. And uh, now if it gets into that, if it, if it gets halfway through the third quarter uh, or towards the end of the third quarter and it's still tight or Denver's got a five or six point lead, LA's, you know, they're going to start feeling that pressure because they're supposed to win. People have been talking about, they put together this team to win now. And if Denver can just hold on and, and keep it close, but heck, I guess, you know, they've been down 15, 18 the last two games in the second half both times, and they came back. Yes. So it was unreal. I was sitting there watching the game. I could not believe they came back. They just 
found a way, and as their bench carried them, I thought yesterday. Yeah, you know, and I don't know. Sometimes it's crazy where when you don't have anything to lose, it's a lot easier to play loose and free. And and I think that's what Denver's doing right now. So should be a heck of a game tomorrow night. We'll we'll check it out, and we'll be back with a Western Conference Finals preview here in a couple nights with the second edition of Headlines this week. So sound good, Case? That works. All right. Well. My name is Marty Plum. This has been my good friend Casey Hall. This is Eastern Conference Finals edition of Headlines Preview. Uh, we'll be back in a couple of couple of days here with the Western Conference Preview as soon as we know who we're talking about. So, coaches, let's stay safe. Let's pray for peace, and let's be sure to hone our craft one day at a time.